This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Okay, well, hello and welcome to the Behold podcast. Now, this is a very special episode in one way, which we're going to talk about in a second, in two ways, actually, because joining us today is not only Mr. Daniel Gillette, but also a good friend. I feel like you're famous at this point. We can say you're famous. Mr. David Sunman. What is happening, BBC family? Woo. Mm, mm. We miss you. That's what's happening. I mean, that's the, that's at the top of our list is we miss miss having your beautiful chiseled jaw and your sultry voice and that million dollar smile. That's what we really miss is what what what, what that's the big thing that's going on. But it goes, but, uh, ways. it goes both ways. Okay. All right. Well, it's always it's always a little bit of uh, medicine for us to have you on the podcast. And uh, <clears throat> apparently you're going to be in the flesh visiting uh, the Crossing Campus this Sunday. Is that true? Did I let the cat out of the bag or is that okay for people to know? No, I'd, I'd love to see everybody who I can. It might be the last time that, you know, I'll be there for, uh, you know, the foreseeable future at least, you know, because we'll be moving out to Omaha, Nebraska next month. And uh, so, yeah, it'd be great to see everybody. So hopefully see some of you who are listening this Sunday. Man, well, tell tell us tell everybody a little bit about what's behind that move and and just kind of what's next on the horizon for for you and your lovely bride. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a military spouse. Okay, army wife. <laughs> That's hot, dude. That's hot. <laughs> My wife is a remarkable human being, and she is finishing medical school, serving in the Air Force, and uh, and so she's going to be beginning her medical residency. That's what comes after medical school. And uh, we were hoping to be able to stay in this area, but uh, the Air Force is the one who got to make that decision. And they decided that we're going to Omaha, Nebraska. So that's where we're going. Man, what a destination. What a destination. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they got you're cows. Gonna have that they corn, got corn, you, they got, they you're going to have that corn knee high by 4th of July. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. my goodness. I'm sure Omaha is on... Lots of bucket lists somewhere in the world. Actually, Nebraska is dead last of all the states for tourism, I found out. So that's. <laughs> You're really not selling this well, David. <laughs> hey, that means no one's going to be bothering you guys. You guys can just do your thing. <laughs> wow. Well, this is special because not only do we have a soon to be Nebraskan in our midst, but you're joining us for our 100th episode. Did you know that, David? Hundredth be- behold, that's incredible. It's it kind really of crazy. Incredible. You know what's kind of funny too, and we didn't plan it this way, but uh, we, we're actually doing this uh, over Zoom, kind of like old school. It's almost like a little uh, tribute to how this whole thing started, totally remote during the lockdown. And uh, as of late, we've been doing it in person at the studio at, at, at church. But it's just so happened that today, because. We're all in different places. We're we're zooming in, so it's apropos. I feel like full circle, wow. full circle. Well, let's get to it, shall we? Obviously, that's it. That's no no more fanfare. That's that's all we have for our hundredth episode. 
I mean, really, the 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 the, 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 the kudos is really to to you listening. If you're listening and you were around at the first or near the first, man, you are a champ, and really, we're celebrating. Let's you Let's get you a medal. Let's let's get you a medal. You deserve some some kind of recognition. Pat yourself on the back, uh, and thanks for sticking with us this whole time. It's been quite a ride. Our faithful people, and actually, man, it's it's so encouraging just on our end to hear that kind of stuff from you guys. Of hey, listen to Behold last week, and this thing you said really helped me with this issue, or oh, that thing you guys talked about. It's just that's the fruit of this labor, you know. And, and someone recently was talking to me about podcasts, and they kind of were making fun of us, and they're like, you know, podcasts. They're usually for the podcasters, you know, which I get what they mean. But man, behold is not that it is for you listening. And if it ever becomes not useful, then we'll just stop doing it. But we keep hearing evidence and fruit of people just using it in their lives to just encourage them or use in their walk with the Lord. So 100th episode today and Lord willing, it'll be many, many more. So thanks for your listening, y'all. It's awesome. This concludes my fanfare of our hundredth episode. <laughs> this concludes our episode. We're actually we're done. Oh boy, we can't be done. We're just it's Easter. We just pet Easter. We can't stop now. Wow. Well, that's Amen. what we're talking about today, y'all. This last Sunday was Easter Sunday. We celebrated our risen, victorious King. And man, what just what a what a party! And that whole week, really, going from Palm Sunday and then Monday Thursday and then Good Friday and then Easter Sunday, just what a, a family celebration. Of a, of the greatest miracle ever, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe just to start it off, like what are, what are some highlights from you guys from our respective areas because we're all in different church buildings throughout that whole week. So what are some highlights for you guys? Well, I'll start off. It just was so fun uh, at the Crossing Campus. Just really, it was really a team effort. Everybody from all the different ministries and you know, young, old, uh, single, married. In between empty nesters, everybody really chipped in to make it just such a, a, a celebratory, joyful time. And we just had incredible like energy and joy and life in the building. And the place was packed. We had tons of people. Um, it was fun. We we got to invite uh, and bring a couple a couple friends from um, that we know through sports and. It just was cool. Like the the son, who's really good friends with my kids, like didn't know that Jesus was a real person. Like, and and didn't know that Jesus like died and came back to life. I mean, his mind was like blown. Like he'd never heard that before his whole life. And so it was just so fun to like, you know, see a lot of those kinds of things happening throughout the building, where I really do feel like our church family was super faithful in bringing people and inviting people. And there was a ton of, of first timers and, and unchurched, unsaved people there. And so that was just super encouraging and it was really great. And I wanted to share just something really sweet and unique that happened too on, on Good Friday. Uh, obviously a different atmosphere, a different, um, what we try to do is make that service have uh, an appropriate weight to it, so there's more of a of a somber, heavy kind of atmosphere, because we're focusing on the the sacrificial love of Jesus at the cross, right? And um, it was amazing. I got a I got a text from a, a longtime VBCer who just felt compelled um, by the Lord to um, to come early and uh, pray for the worship team and. She just um, reached out and said, hey, can you get everybody there early? And 
I'd love to, um, I'd love to, uh, anoint you guys with oil and, and pray for you and, and kind of, uh, bless you and, and, and consecrate you for the work that you're doing this weekend. And so, man, it was just so powerful. Um, I, I didn't really know what to expect, but we had the band come early and we all met up in my office and just sat, sat around in a circle and she had come and she invited a friend there to, to pray over us and read scripture. And, and we, um, and she, she, uh, anointed our hands and our feet, um, with this aromatic oil. And, um, we just, we, we prayed and we, we read scripture and it just was like this really powerful, um, you know, time of, uh, if you know, uh, the anointing oil is used throughout scripture to, as basically, um, you know, a sign of like, hey, we're, we're, we're consecrating someone for a mission. We're setting apart this person to serve God in this particular way. Um, and really, um, since the, we're in the new covenant life and the spirit of God is, is, is the anointing that we live, you know, that personal presence of God in us, that's the anointing. But when we, when, when you use that oil, it kind of, symbolizes that and, and harkens back to that. And so it was just really powerful. And we all just were like crying and, you know, and it was just, it just really set a, a great tone for the weekend for us. Um, so that was really powerful and unique. I've never experienced anything like that before. And, um, God totally used it, I think, to, to, um, spur us on to what he had called us to do that weekend. So that was really powerful. Man, it's so cool to hear. And probably my guess is most people listening have not been anointed with oil, you know, it's probably not in their, not in their sacred history, at least not yet. Uh, But it's cool because like you said, it's something that for, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, people did as a way of setting them apart, but uh, to declare Mm -hmm. them, you know, for the Lord and even the disciples, you know, they anointed people with oil who, who they said need to be healed, you know, in the name of Jesus Mm -hmm. and cast out demons. and, And they did. And yeah, I mean, I love, like you said, it's like, We've already been anointed if you if you put your trust in Jesus, but it's kind of like, hey, we're all, we're all married. That doesn't mean we don't still do things after that. That that hearken to that and and point to that that covenant we have, you know. Yeah. So I think that's a fun way to think about it now. Is like, man, we anoint people, and it's not just a setting apart and a consecration, like you said. But it's also an act of of, of pointing to Jesus and thanking Him for yeah. the covenant we have and all those things. And I just I, it's so beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Well said. Well said. It was it was powerful time and. It was totally unexpected, and and I just I love to see God's people just um, step out in obedience because because you know it's it's it something sometimes God asks us to do things that we're uncomfortable with you know or it's a little scary or intimidating and <clears throat> and it was for her and she she confessed that to us but she just was like you know what I feel like God's calling me to do this and um, and she did and it just was a huge blessing to all of us so. Um, you know who you are. I don't know. I don't know if she listens to this podcast, but if you do, uh, you did a beautiful thing, my friend, and and we love you and we're blessed by you. People are gonna start showing up every Sunday now to put oil on you, dude. Bring it. There you go. <laughs> uh, Dave, what about you, man? What's something? What's a highlight from your Easter experience? Yeah. Um, well, there was there was a few things actually. The first, this is something that. Uh, I wanted to do with the guys here at City Team in Portland. We have a, a, a program filled with guys who are new to faith or who are kind of rediscovering faith or just, you know, exploring and, and you know, are not, are not yet 
you know, taking it as their own. And um, a lot of them are not, you know, strong readers. And so sometimes, you know, unpacking literary stuff is, is not always the, the most effective approach. Obviously, we still do that. The Word of God is, you know, it's, it's plain enough that, that anyone can understand it. You know, if the if the spirit gives them that, gives them eyes to see. But sometimes, you know, for the guys, I think it's important to give them a visual representation. And so I watched uh, The Passion of the Christ with them on Good Friday. And I know that, you know, people have different perspectives on that kind of thing, whether it's, you know, good to, to you know, make a movie like that or if it's helpful. But I think it can be really useful for some people. You know, did mm-hmm. Jesus like Jim Caviezel? Maybe not. But <laughs> but it really kind of puts you in that place just to see, you know, culturally what it looked like and and physically and emotionally the kind of suffering that Jesus endured. And, you know, when you watch it, there's not a dry eye in the place, you know, totally. and, and it just helps to, to kind of put that weight on you. And, uh, and so I did that with the guys. That was really powerful. But then on Saturday, we had a graduation where we had 10 guys who completed the program. Um, and, and that's a big deal. I mean, these guys come from prison, hospitals, detox, right off the street. You know, talk about resurrected life. I mean, these guys uh, are spiritually dead. I mean, we're all spiritually dead until Christ makes us alive. But these guys are really really dead and you know <laughs> probably near physical death too i mean yeah <laughs> they, they're, they're like dead. end of the rope like yeah yes of the last houses on the block city teams like the very last you know <laughs> um and uh and so you know to to on saturday have these guys all share their stories and not only is it it always a great opportunity to hear these guys testimonies but one of our longtime supporters came up afterwards and he was like, that's the best graduation I've ever been to. Every single testimony was, uh, was not like a throwaway testimony. Not that there is one, but you know, like all of them had substance and weight. And these guys understood that it was by grace. They had been saved that God had given them this new life. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you just see how, you know, this resurrection is not just, an expectation of what God is going to do for us in the future, that he's going to give us this new resurrected body, but that we can walk in newness of life today. And uh, that's what we got to see in the lives of these men. Um, And then uh, on Resurrection Sunday, uh, I I attend um, a church called Trinity Church of Portland with my wife. And and, uh, like many folks, um, you know, it's the day where you try to invite people, like you guys said, you know, you know, church, church Super Bowl. You know, it's the big day. <laughs> try to get as many people there as possible, and uh, and and it's just you know a day that people tend to be more comfortable going to church for whatever reason because it's a holiday because they're with family for whatever reason. Unchurched people tend to be more comfortable in going to church on Resurrection Sunday, and so um, my wife Rachel has uh, some some family here in this area, and. Um, Parents uh, are Christian. They have some adopted children who I would I would assume probably are not. Um, and but we invited them. We invited their family to come to do church with us. They don't have a church they're plugged into right now. That's a you know whole other story. But anyways, we invited them to our church for Resurrection Sunday. And um, one of their kids uh, is an adopted child who is a teenager, um, just started high school. 
and has really been going through a tough time emotionally. You know, like many young people, Gen Z, you know, it's with social, you know, whatever the cause is, there's just, there's a big mm-hmm. rock depression and anxiety, all that kind of stuff. And that's really what she's experiencing right now. And there's been some mm-hmm. real big recently. And so anyways, they came to the church service and they came in right as the service started. And after just a few minutes, this, this girl just kind of got up and walked out. You could tell she was really uncomfortable, really going through it. Um, mm-hmm. And Rachel, my wife, after a couple minutes, after she had left, whispered in my ear, said, hey, I'm going to go look for her and see how she's doing. And so she got up and walked away, didn't come back for the rest of the service. And so I was assuming that she's, you know, they're probably out there talking or something. You know, hopefully she's being an encouragement to her. And then so afterwards, you know, Rachel and I were driving home and she was telling me that she went out there, found her sitting by their car on her phone. And um, Rachel just said, hey, let's just go for a walk. And so they just walked around. Rachel didn't even say anything to her because, you know, she felt like, Hey, I just want to just be with her. And yeah. so they walked around for an hour and a half holding hands, didn't say a word to each other, which she said was a little awkward, but <laughs> I think it's the best thing that she could have done for her right then, which is so funny because you think, Hey, we're all, we're always trying to get someone in the building and then, you know, okay, we got them in the building. Now they're going to hear the message and it's all going to be great. And my work's done. Um <laughs> It's the, but things are messy, you know, relationships are messy. And rather than being in the service, which obviously I, you know, would have loved for them to be in the service, but I think that the most Christ-like thing that she could have done for her was to just be there with her and walk around on a beautiful Sunday morning in the Pacific Northwest, just being with each other with no agenda, didn't, you know, didn't, didn't try to, you know, influence her in any way, just walking around with her. And so that, that was really special. I was really grateful that my wife was able to do that and just kind of a unique experience for, <laughs> for Resurrection Sunday that, you know, we weren't even in the service together, but she was doing something that was, I feel like, so near to God's heart. Hey, shout out to Rachel. She sounds like a winner. Woo. No, that's so, such a cool for. story. Yeah, well, and it's like, man, I just love the reminder that, because we talked so much about, especially like being, we're all, you know, church leadership, church staff, and it's easy to emphasize on some of the more tangible aspects of these kinds of things like Easter and like, Oh, let's get a cool photo all up and let's get the music pumping and get all the greeters out there and get signage out and all that stuff. And it's like, man, we, we, of course we love those things. We really do. And they feel welcoming to walk into that. We love that spirit. But at the end of the day, like it's never going to be that that shows someone the face of Jesus. You know, it's never going to be that, that really hooks them. And it's going to be that, that one-on-one personal relationship. Like you said, um, which I feel like a lot of churches run into that 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 problem, right? They overemphasize kind of those those beginning things, and they forget about the, the relationship. That's a good reminder, and yeah, I think just both of those combined, both of your stories, I think just point towards just the beauty of of what relationship in Christ looks like. You know, that vulnerability to come to your friends and be like, "Hey, this is a little bit weird, but God told me to put oil on you and pray for you right now." You know. And the beauty that you saw from that, you know, or your wife being like, man, I think the Lord's calling me to do this. I, just beautiful. And that's, for my Easter experience, that's kind of what I saw throughout the week was just, you know, my, my, my prayer last week was throughout the various days, like Palm Sunday and Thursday and Good Friday and, and on Easter Sunday was just for the Holy Spirit to give me the appropriate response to what we're talking about, you know? Like, I don't want to think too much about like 
creating the, the, the perfect vibe, you know, for the, the day. I just want, like, Spirit, just give us the, the appropriate response. You know, we're talking about our victorious king entering Jerusalem. Like, man, give us celebration and jubilation, you know. Mm-hmm. We're talking about That's our Savior good. going through the humiliation of being crucified. Like, give us that, that, that grievance and give us that mourning for what our Savior went through, you know. Mm. And, of course, Easter, like, man, all the, all the holy is and all that stuff. So, anyways, um, I just saw that in, in the life of our people in our church family and, it's just encouraging to see that, that people who come hungry to, you know, without an agenda, which I think we, we talked about a little bit before the podcast, but everyone has an agenda these days, you know, everyone has their thing they're pushing. And so you just see, you know, hundreds of people show up with no agenda, but just to, to, to love the savior, you know, and to respond to the savior together is such a, such a delight. You know, special shout out to some people who during the week last week, just slaved for hours, helping me finish some projects in the building. And even that, you know, people just sat, I know how busy they are. Everyone's living the Bay Area hustle, you know, except for you, David, <laughs> but yet they'll sacrifice their time to, to, to serve their church family and, and benefit one another. And I just love that. And then, you know, Sunday morning was just so awesome seeing, yeah, at the Altamont, we're a bit smaller campus out there and we were just packed to the gills, standing room only. People were sitting in the lobby watching. It was just like, almost uncomfortable, but in like a fun way, you know? And I just love that. I love the, just that picture of looking out there and seeing like 45 kids and not 200 people almost just shoved in this room, clapping <laughs> their hands, celebrating this risen savior, you know, like, oh, I, I just love that. But then coming out of that, yeah, it's like, okay, Easter's over. So <laughs> n- now what, <laughs> you know, yeah, like we yeah, got him yeah. in the building, all the new families, like, like n- now what do we do, you know? which I think just goes back to, yeah, it's about relationship now. It's about loving these people. It's about serving these people. Uh, so that's what we're trying to talking about this week with the Ultima, just gearing up for how do we just support and reach out to and care for some of the new families that came last week. So I'm looking forward well, yeah, to that. And, and, yeah, and I think, it's a, I think it's a really good thing to think about because there is something special about Resurrection Sunday and about the Holy Week in general. And we want to, you know, um, pull out all the stops, I think, right? To, to honor Jesus and to, to adorn the gospel and to help people feel welcomed if they're new and things like that, right? And, and part of the discussion we're having at a staff level is like, man, we all really pulled in and, and chipped in and helped out, you know, to, to make Easter at both campuses really special, and for all those people that visited for the first time, they're going to come back this Sunday. And what is it going to be like? You know, uh, are they going to have a little bit of a different experience? And and to some degree, that's unavoidable, right? Because you're talking about a holiday versus, um, you know, just kind of uh, our, our normal rhythm of, of, of life and, and community. But it does, you know, just... One, one thing that I, I just want to encourage beholders as you're listening, you know, um, as it as it comes to the Sunday morning experience, you know, like I want you to just ask yourself like and pray, ask the Lord, are, are you using your gifts on Sunday mornings to to contribute to making the church what it's it's meant to be? In Ephesians 4, you see this beautiful idea. We've talked about it many times on the podcast of how God has, has given each of us different gifts. And when we use those gifts together in the context of community, the church builds itself up in love, right? And so 
But I, I do think still we're, there's a lot of people who come to VBC who um, they're, they're just consuming, right? They, they come and they, they're expecting other people to do the building and they're expecting to get fed, but, but they're not. They're not contributing uh, the, in the way a family member should. And so if that if that's if you feel a stirring in, in you as you as you hear that, um, you know, just just pray what what you might you might do about that, what God might be calling you to do about that. And um, I don't <clears throat> want to manipulate or coerce or make you feel bad in any way. But um, and, and here's the thing, like many of us have all kinds of different responsibilities throughout the week. And, and really, that's all ministry, right? Ministry is, is just influencing people, having different venues and opportunities for the Spirit of God to work through you to, to, to point people towards Christ. Um, but we also need your help on Sunday mornings. <laughs> you know, like there's so much work to do uh, when the family gets together to make it a place where people want to be. And so whether it's helping as a greeter or helping the setup crew, or helping with food, or um, serving in, in worship or production, or children's ministry, or students' ministry, we 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 all should be chipping in on Sunday mornings. And so, if if you what, what can they do, Sean? If they're feeling that that stirring, how can what's a what's a good first step they can take to to get involved with what's happening on Sunday mornings at our campuses? Yeah, I mean, this is a huge topic, you know. And, We've done whole series on 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 the idea of using your gifts to serve one another, you know, and talked a lot about it. And we get it. It's it's everyone's busy, you know. No one's not busy in the Bay Area, and everyone's taking care of their families and all that stuff. But then we just have to just first step is just remember that this is not just something that Dan is pushing you to do or Sean's asking you to do or Tim Barley is asking of you. This is how God designed his church family to be. You know, this is how he designed us to operate is to, is to live life together, serving one another, you know? So hundred percent, like, can you, can you live your life never serving in a church building, you know, and enjoy a relationship with God? Of course you can. Is that the way God intends you to live? Is that the way he, he has designed you to, to grow and be sanctified and, and experience intimacy with him and delight and all those things? Nope, sure isn't. And so that's really the big thing is not even just, oh, we want people for Sunday degree. It's like, man, we want you to participate and experience the, these, these things that God designed you to experience, you know? So yeah. that said, tons of ways. I mean, you can text me or Dan anytime. It's like, hey, I want to serve, but I have no idea what I can do. Or you, I'm sure a lot of people are feeling right now listening, oh, I, I don't know how to do anything. I can't serve, you know? Not true. <laughs> so many ways, even in simple little things, the ways you can serve. And like, for example, me, one thing, there's a family from the Altamont or a couple, I should say that they said something similar on Sunday. Like, man, I see people serving, but I don't have any real gifting, you know? And I said, well, uh, do you like eating? <laughs> like, yeah, like eating. Okay. So how about you do this? Why don't you be someone that I can put on my list that I know I can send new people to, to have lunch with after church next week, you know, because just relating to that conversation about, you know, that what's it going to be like for them next week when they come, I kind of think of it like, because there's that whole conversation of like on one side, one camp, there's the whole, oh, we're we're all living resurrection life every day. You know, we shouldn't be different on Easter than we are every day because say Jesus is still risen today. You know, there's that's one camp. And the other camp is like, oh my gosh, it's the Super Bowl of the Christian world. We have to go crazy, you know? And there's aspects of both that are 
healthy and unhealthy, you know? It's true. We are risen every day. We are enjoying the benefits of life alongside Jesus. We put our trust in him. But it's almost, again, going back to the marriage thing, I think of it like your wedding anniversary. It's like, you're still married, but there's something hmm. sweet about celebrating your anniversary when the time comes, you know? Yeah. And you don't have to feel good. bad about that. And it doesn't, it doesn't cheapen your relationship to go out on a nice date and really you know, buy her flowers and all kind of stuff. Does she think I don't love her the next week because it's not our anniversary anymore and we didn't go out to this nice dinner in Monterey? No, hmm. you know? But the trade-off for me is, how is she going to know I'm going to love her still a week later? And so to me, this couple, I said, here's the trade-off. I don't really care if a family comes and they don't have a million greeters outside and yada, yada. But <laughs> what, what I am okay with is if they don't see all that stuff and what they do see is a family who remembers their name, is a family who remembers mm. their kids' names, who invests in them and takes them out to lunch. That's the trade-off that I want to see. You know, And I would, I would take that 100 times over of ditch all of the fluff and just real investment from you. So, Hey, you don't want to, you don't know how to play music. You don't know how to, you don't want to serve with kids, whatever it is. Do you like eating? Take some out to lunch, you know, and invest in them and, and be that family. Cause that will go miles towards them receiving and feeling that love of Christ that we're talking about. That's a long example to say, doesn't matter who That's you huge. are or what you do. Yeah. We will find ways for you to love on the people of God together. That's great. I love that. And I think, um, that, that is something that in every church service, that we as followers of Jesus who are part of a local church body should always be aware of is keeping one eye open for who's someone who's here that I don't know. Hmm. Who's someone here that I haven't met before. Um, you know, we see, you know, usually the same people every week. And so we tend to notice when there's someone who's new and, uh, there's nothing like going and reaching your hand out, doing the awkward thing of, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm Dave, you know, where are you from? You know, how long, you know, just, Making someone feel welcome because, of course, you know, it would be horrifying to think that someone would come in, watch the service. No one says a word to them. They walk out and they're like, OK, well, you know, that, you know, that looked good and everything. But but for someone to reach out and connect with them and then bring them into that, of course, um, is, is really what's going to make them a part of that community. Some people, you know, if they're if they're newer, especially if they're like exploring, they're, maybe they're not going to be comfortable with being the one to reach out and saying, Hey, I'm new, I'm here. And you know, I want to get, right. but, but, it, you know, to, to, you know, to spot those people and, and, uh, be intentional about looking for them and, and making that connection when you see it. No, that's so great. And, and just think like we, we were all the new kid on the block at some point, right? Whether you, you you had to move to a new area or, you're, you were looking for a new church or maybe you're just on vacation somewhere visiting a church, right? Imagine what it, imagine what it's like to go through that whole church service and no one ever says hi to you, you know? And you're clearly, I don't know. I mean, I guess depending on the size of the church, like it's not that hard to spot someone that you've never seen before, you know? And, and how does it feel if you're that person, right? Yeah, so I just think putting our thinking outside of ourselves and trying to put ourselves in other people's shoes, I think, is really important. Yeah, which I think this is a good kind of lead into maybe um, how we can kind of land this in a little bit for what to do, you know, as we leave Easter because. We had Easter week and it was amazing and celebratory for a lot of us. And we just shared ways we were all encouraged, you know, but what now? And 
I think as we head back into our resurrection life teaching series, which you know, we're in the book of Second Corinthians, we we just finished off chapter three and just saw the 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 fruit and the life that the Spirit gives when we behold Jesus. You know, when when we look to Him and our veils lifted and we we become more and more like Him and we receive His glory, all those things. Um, and then we're about to dive into chapter four, where really what we're getting at is, or what Paul's getting at is, is now it's time for it to be not just about you, you know, as your mm. minister of the new covenant, now it's time for you to, to let others behold Jesus through you, you know, through the way that you, you love them, through the way that you suffer well in a way that points to Jesus, all those things. So yeah, as we're leaving Easter, I think now it's, it's a fitting transition for us. I'm like, okay, we got people in the door, but like now, how are we going to? How are we going to help them to behold Jesus through me personally? You know, not just through our building, not just through our service or through the songs that Dan and I are singing, but like, how are the, how are people going to see Jesus through my life this Sunday, next Sunday, every day in between, all that good stuff? Mm. Uh, so yeah, it was just, what, what are some things that come to mind when you guys are thinking about that as we're diving into life post Easter? Hmm. Well, I think I think I'm really excited to get into chapter four of second Corinthians, right? Cause that's where we're headed, Sean, mm-hmm. yep. right? The next couple of weeks. Yeah. And in those first six verses, you see this, this idea of, of light, the, the light of God, the light of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And what we learned, you know, before Easter in this series is that um, there's two kinds of senses of, of glory in, in scripture that there's this brilliant kind of radiant light that we see that that just um, is a it's meant to, for us to to understand God that there's a there's a brightness to him that there's a there's a radiance to to hit what he's like and really the, the 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 also the the idea that we talked about of the weight of of what God is like kind of like glory is is what is what is God famous for right what what is his character you know what is his works what what is he truly like and there's this really cool um uh this cool thing that Paul does in in this first six verses that that says that like you know how he ends that section is he says um, what we're proclaiming is not ourselves, but what we're proclaiming is this this God, who 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 actually said, and this is a reference back into the creation story, a creation account in Genesis one, um, verse six. It says, "Let light shine out of darkness." So the God who said, "Let light shine out of darkness," has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, and. Man, I'm just so, so I want us to just stop and just kind of take that in. I mean, you think about um, this creator God who, who out of nothing spoke everything into existence and how he said, here's something that doesn't exist at all. <laughs> and, it, it, and there's no known universe. And, and I'm going to shine my light into that void and I'm going to create everything. Well, that same God has shown that same light into our hearts to help us understand what he's like. And I just think about the darkness of the world that we all feel right now. And whether we're, we're thinking about war or we're thinking about 
the the moral and cultural decline of America. Um, maybe we're thinking about relationships in our lives that that where darkness is prevalent and and things are broken and and where it seems like there's no hope. Um, man, this is this is a message we need to hear now more than ever that even in the darkness, um, well, especially when the darkness gets gets darker, the light of, of, of Christ shines brighter. And so when it comes to how we're living, right, this resurrected life, I think the question that we can be asking ourselves is, am I a beacon of that light? Am I reflecting that light around, you know? And I think what it brings up for me is just, um, I think like, it's this simple question, like, how, what am I offering to the world <laughs> in my relationships, in my church family, in my community, my neighborhood, whatever? Um, am I offering myself to them or am I offering Jesus, right? Like, am I thinking of myself as this vessel of God's glory? And that's, that's what I'm letting spill out. And is that what people are getting or are they just getting me, <laughs> which is a lot less glorious and a lot less brilliant and a lot less radiant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, like that's that's something that I want to really think about, you know, just in my life. I just think I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Um, just this idea of, man, I want people to recognize when they're around me that I've been with Jesus. Right. This idea of like, oh, there's something about that guy that that is that is Christ-like, you know, um, he's he's got that aroma that we've we've been talking about. So that's just that's kind of what I what I want to focus on um, as we kind of move out of Easter. Yeah, that's great, Dan. And I think it's a good reminder that as we are responsible for going to dark places. Hmm. Be really easy as Christians in America to just hang hmm. around, hang around with the other people who have the light. You know, yeah, that's so good. Go to, I mean, you know, especially right now, working for a Christian organization, and you know, uh, it's it's really easy to just kind of be in our bubble with people who we're comfortable with, and we talk about the Bible and we talk about being the light. But in order to really be the light for someone who's in the darkness, we have to go into dark places, hmm. and. Uh, so I guess that's something that I that I you know I'm trying to reflect on is how can I intentionally um, how can I intentionally seek out opportunities to be with people who don't yet know Jesus? Um, I mean, like you said, Dan, just taking an opportunity, like, hey, you, you know, this family through sports, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the thing is that you can use where you're going to be interacting with other people who don't know Jesus and doesn't mean, you know, the first time you shake their hand, you got to, you know, preach to them or, you know, whatever. But, but to just have that relationship with somebody who doesn't know Jesus. Yeah. And to, to, be, to be connected to them and mm. to even make that opportunity possible to then show them the way that you live life differently. Because it's going to come up if we're really living the way that Jesus calls us to. There's going to be some way that we're caring for our families or we're, you know, doing something that is different, that, that is going to be noticeable. It's, it's going to happen at some point, but we have to, but we, but we have to be there, you know, we have, we have to be there. Um, and we have to make that known to people then, um, 
by speaking the truth plainly. You know, we put ourselves in, the, in that situation where we can speak the truth plainly, um, not to try to, you know, you, you know, like Paul says, we don't, we don't, you know, practice cunning or tamper with God's word, but we put ourselves in positions living life with people who don't know Jesus where we can tell them the truth. And that's, so that's what I want to try to do is figure out how I can do that more often. Yeah, that's really good. And that kind of ties in well with something I've been convicted about this week, which is, I mean, it's related to just how we spend our time. And I love that you said, like, we got to get out and be with people, you know, who don't know Jesus. <laughs> and for me, that's kind of expanded to also, you know, how I'm using my time for people who maybe do know Jesus, but are not necessarily my close friends, you know, hmm. like it's, I think it's really easy for all of us to spend a lot of time with the people we like and people we love, you know, like I, I don't want you know, I could hang out for hours, but then there's other people who are my brothers and sisters who I don't, I don't, at least by my actions, I don't make that same investment into them, you know, and I just, that's not Christ-like. It's just not. And that's the way, you know, especially talking about new families coming from Eastern and all that stuff. That's the kind of thing that is going to show them, oh, this person is like Jesus, you know, because that's how Jesus was. He, he, he was never afraid to set time aside to be with people. I was just thinking about, I saw this Instagram post that was talking about when Jesus cooked breakfast for his disciples, you know. And it, it's interesting though. It's like, man, he had just appeared. He's risen, risen victorious king of, <laughs> for eternity, you know. Yeah. And yet the third time he appeared to his disciples, what did he do? He, they're fishing and they're not catching any fish. And he's like, hey, go, 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 go right there. I'm going to make the <laughs> fish come up here. And they come up and he just cooks some breakfast. And since like, it's just so amazing, you know? Yeah. And I just want to be that way with people. You know, there, there's a couple that's been going to the Ultima that recently decided that they um, feel called to be at a different church locally. And it's a great church, love them, Bible loving church, all that kind of stuff. And they're doing it for the right reasons. You know, it makes sense. But looking at this this couple and this my relationship with them, you know, I feel convicted that I could have been more Jesus like in the way that I invested my time with them. You know, hmm. I, I wasn't as intentional as I could have been as a shepherd, as a brother, as a, as a you know co laborer, all those things to give up my time for them like Jesus does. You know, because they weren't necessarily hmm. my my close friends. You know. I just don't want to feel that way. I don't want to feel like I missed opportunities to yeah. love someone like Jesus did, you know? And I think it's really easy for for most of us to have our like specific kingdom, totally kingdom focused goals that we're working on. I have those, you both have those, and we're happy to give up all of our time for those things. But man, I feel convicted about that, about really being Jesus-like and giving up time for, for people. So that's one thing I'm focusing on and thinking about heading out of Easter, especially yeah. with these new families, you know? That's so good, and and I think it uh, it's a good reminder for us to to not show favoritism, and just to um, I don't know, yeah, like I th- I think again, just think outside ourselves, and and not always just go to our our normal kind of routines, our, our normal kind of people we gravitate towards. Maybe because, you know, they have similar interests or they're a similar stage of life or whatever. And, yeah, I think we also have to balance that with, right, because we can't be, like, best friends with everybody, right? Um, and even Jesus had his different circles, right? He had the the multitudes and then he had his 12 and then, you know, he had three three guys he really invested in, you know? So I think we all, we, we need to balance all of that too, but... But I just think, um, 
I don't know. I think that's probably one of the biggest uh, objections maybe that, that people have about Christians or, or churches is that they're exclusive or they're clicky or, or there's, there's some kind of elitism, you know, type of thing going on. And so, yeah, whatever we can do to, to, cause that's not Jesus, the Jesus way. <laughs> so whatever we could do to, to, um, to turn that stereotype around, man, hundred percent. We're just letting that seek in for a few few seconds here. <laughs> I was like, did, did, did Zoom freeze or what? What's going on here? No, I mean, no. I mean, it's. I, I know it's a. It's a bit convicting, but I think as you think about that, us three and you guys who are listening to, really view that in an encouraging light of this is what, especially as we're talking about, you know, Second Corinthians. I mean, this is the work that that Christ has made us sufficient to do. You know, this is this is the the new the new covenant ministry that we have been enabled to do by the Holy Spirit, my Jesus. So. Mm-hmm. Even though it's like I feel bad because I miss opportunities, I'm a little bit convicted. I'm also stoked about opportunities now to love people. You know, it's a couple people that I met on Sunday. Shaman, you're out there. You know, Matthew, you're out there. We're, I'm coming for you. Oh, oh man, we're, we're, that's we're scary. Coming. If you're listening, that's impressive that <laughs> yeah, you really got plugged in quick. With the BBC <laughs> Network. Um, yeah, but anyways, I'm looking forward to that and just a continuation of all of those positive, wonderful feelings from Easter. Because as you're running joke, like you said last week, but hey guys, we we, we do this every week, <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> and so exactly. we're, looking forward, we're looking forward to that. David, cool. what's one way that we can be praying for you as you move to the middle of nowhere? <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, there's a hopefully there's a person or two out there that uh, you know maybe following Jesus that maybe my wife and I can get plugged in with. That's, that's a, that's a big thing. Um, you know, we want to find a community and hopefully when we come on Sunday, someone will say hello to us, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, we, we want to find a, a community where we can, you know, plug in and serve, you know, um, uh, we want, we want to be invested with other believers and then, you know, find ways to, to help, uh, you know, reach out to those who, who are still living in darkness. And so I guess that's something you could be praying for us just in this move that God would um, put us with the right uh, body of believers so that we can exercise our gifts and, and grow with them. That's awesome. Now, as a, as a military spouse, uh, are you going to be focusing on, on anything when you're in Nebraska? Or are you just going to be, you know, sitting on the sofa eating bonbons, watching soap operas? What's your deal? <laughs> well, doesn't that, that, that sounds pretty good, right? uh i don't know exactly what i'm going to be doing yet um still figuring out that's that's another prayer request so if if you if anyone's gracious enough to pray for me twice pray that um i would uh find something to do with my time vocationally um that would be honoring to god and that uh yeah would 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 be um uh something that i could do that uh i enjoy and am good at and uh yeah would help me to serve god and his people in some way or serve people who don't know God. And yeah, so still trying to figure that out. Don't know exactly what I'm going to be doing, but uh, we'll definitely be doing something, but not sure yet. Love it. I think we can manage praying twice. I think we can manage it. (laughs) Find a way. We'll find a way. Uh, And you know where to find me and Dan on Sunday, y'all. We're doing what we do. Yeah, and if I offended any military spouses, I apologize. Please come see me after class and we'll, we'll work on it. Well, <laughs> also, this is random. I've gotten so many texts, sweet texts about my mom on Sunday. 
He missed it. She was in that little like missionary video. And I love that. I asked Christian to cut it out, but he left it where she goes, hi, this is Joyce from Jerusalem. I am Joyce, mother of Sean Helch. (laughs) She keeps talking. Mother of Sean Helch. But you can text, oh, you're so cute. Yada, yada. Um, But I mean, I just love that picture of, yeah, if you missed it, she was standing uh, this big overlook over the city of Jerusalem. And he's like, hey, I'm here in Jerusalem. And somewhere behind me is the tomb of Jesus. And it's empty. Hallelujah. And just love that, that reminder. So... Rejoice, people, because guess what? The tomb's still empty. Amen. It's so a shout out to Jay Scott if you're out there listening. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for joining us today for our hundredth episode of Behold. I hope there's many more. Hope to see you guys Sunday as we uh, worship the Savior together, as we use our gifts, as we've been so reminded for one another and for God's glory. And yeah, just keep being a church family together. Mm. Preach later. Bye. Later. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.